Well, hello there. It's time for another episode. So uh, let's get into it. Um, Let's see what's been going on this week. All right, let's get into the week's happenings or whatnot. Um, Let's see. My printer broke. That's exciting. It uh, the you know when you put the paper in and it's supposed to push it through, it just goes rant, 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 and then it doesn't push it through or it pulls it through half rate and it's a paper jam, and you're just like okay. Um, I have put that printer through its paces though, so it's no surprise to me. It's like five years old, but I mean, oh, it sucks when you have to get a new printer. It was uh, the Canon Pixel two twenty five hundred or something like that, but. Man, that thing did the job, and I got lots of those uh, little printed-out labels and stuff that I do, stickers, everything you can think of I did with that printer. So it's time to put it out of its misery, but I really needed it this time, and now it's done me done me harm, done me no good. Going to have to find a Kinko's FedEx or whatever they're called these days to get some stuff done. <sighs> anyway, that was the printer, so... What else? Oh, uh, <laughs> no time for television. No time for movies. Oh, man, I've been wanting to watch stuff, uh, documentaries. Uh, hey, everybody, this coming Sunday and Monday on HBO, you got to watch uh, the uh, Neverland thing. The What's it called? Leaving Neverland. I know, I know. I'm a big Michael Jackson fan, so it's kind of like a weird twisted take on this because it's the a documentary about uh, the kids who got you know, messed up by Michael or something, maybe. I don't know, but I'm thinking, wow, they're going to show footage of Neverland and all that stuff. And I'm like, that's awful. It's an awful way to think. But I was a huge Michael Jackson fan, which kind of got me into the whole Sega and uh, Sonic the Hedgehog thing because Michael Jackson, Moonwalker, and he was big with Sega, and he did the music for Sonic 3 unofficially and all this stuff. So it kind of ties into my childhood and 1990s Sega, but... Uh, it's I like documentaries too, so it'll be an interesting documentary, um, which with nostalgic values and just this. Hopefully, you know, you get you take the two sides of the accusations and you see what it is. Because uh, I don't want to believe it, but at the same time, there's a lot there's a lot of damning evidence. So it's like, Michael, no. Anyway. But yeah, Moonwalker, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> so this Sunday and Monday, they're doing a two-part, uh, three-hour each documentary on the, it's called Leaving Neverland. Uh, I guess it premiered at Sundance, and from the people who saw it, they were like, "Oh yeah, Michael's it's Michael's a bad person." So I'll be like, "Well, I need to see that stuff because from what I've heard was just the court stuff and just the you know hearsay and on TV and whatnot, and uh, maybe a documentary or two. And I remember Oprah cleared it all up back in the day with her, like, you know, sit down with Michael Jackson and stuff. And then South Park blew it out of the water again. You're ignorant. That's ignorant. Anyway, see, that's exciting. Monday, Sunday, HBO, uh, leaving Neverland. So, but whatever, what happened was it got me into this sonic, uh, nostalgic thing. And so I started watching on YouTube, man, these kids today, they, they make these 30 minute, 45 minute, like, documentaries almost of sonic stuff that no one really cares about like uh the sonic world or sega world it's a amusement park that uh, was made in sydney australia it's like one of the, there's like two that were ever made outside of japan japan makes something called sega joy plus you know what i'm going to get into this in another segment but yeah it got me watching a lot of sonic youtube stuff and so that's what's going on this week <laughs> all right all right so my movie this week is uh lego movie 2 uh, having seen Lego Movie 1 and Lego Ninjago Movie, Lego Movie 2, I was hoping would be good. And, uh, you know, it has Chris Pratt again reprising his character, Emmett, and um, uh, the girl who played Rita Repulsa in the Power Rangers reboot plays Wild Style. 
Uh, anyway, and, and the, <laughs> the guy from Arrested Development who plays Batman pretty much now is the Lego Batman. Yeah, I see Lego. I saw Lego Batman too, so yeah. Anyway, saw this movie. Lego Movie 2 is kind of a disappointment. It just kind of, it's, tr- you know, sequels, they, they're, you got a 50-50 shot of them working. Usually it's more on the negative 50. <laughs> so this one did not work. It's try, It's being a musical this time. The first one wasn't a musical. It was just kind of fun, fun and playful. And this was at the Phil Miller and, um, oh, man, or Dick Miller and Phil Lord. Let's go with that. That's their names because I always say Dick Lord, and that's wrong. Anyway, those two guys made um, the Lego Movie 1. They made Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. They've also made um, that TV show Last Man on Earth which was funny for the first two seasons or whatever before they started introducing way too many people. It's not the last mountain on earth now. And uh, they also did recently the uh, Into the Spider-Verse, which I I will check out and watch for this next uh, – because I think it just came out on digital. Uh, Watch for next week. So anyway, Lego Movie 2. So, yeah, this movie, uh, you know, I'll I'll throw it on for my kid. She can watch it, whatever, but – I, it's a hard watch. It's not very good. It's you know, when you depend on the musical elements and the comedy's kind of not there. And if it is, it's kind of eh. it's not great. The story is kind of weak. Uh, I don't know. It's just the first one. You, you only can capture lightning in a bottle t- once, I guess, with Lego. Um, this one, yeah, this one had time travel elements in it. And whenever you introduce time travel elements, <sighs> Marvel, I'm starting to look at you. Be worried because that's like a plot point. Unless you're Robert Zemeckis and, you know, Back to the Future, don't do it because it gets confusing. And then if people are like, okay, and then you can, it's a plot cleanser. You can just go, you know what, this happened, so we can just change that because it's just time travel. Oh, great, cool. So, yeah, you know, that last Infinity Stone in the Avengers has time travel elements and, you know, Doctor Strange can time travel and all that. So, fingers crossed. I know it's in the right hands, but at the same time, there's a lot going against it. Everyone wants to see Endgame, Avengers, and we got the time travel possibilities. We've got the uh, well, the Ant-Man thing at the end where he was talking about quantum zones and the toy leaks that possibly show, you know, goofy costumes and all this stuff. Who knows? So it's all up in the air, and they've been doing a great job keeping it secret. So it's going to be a real you know eye opening it's going to it's going to be decisive i think it's going to possibly splinter the mcu it could kill off major characters that also people will be like oh, i'm not watching any more movies from mcu so anyway avengers endgame has time travel in it man that's a branch way off of lego movie 2 so yeah lego movie 2 disappointing wouldn't recommend it if you like the first one stick with the first one if you're curious because you saw the first one, go ahead, check it out. Whatever, do your thing. Your own, your own person. So, um, but yeah, I would not recommend Lego Movie Two. Uh, I'd give it out of ten stars. I'd give it five. <laughs> it's one of those meh movies. I'm not gonna hate on it like it's awful, but it's like, eh, it was just there. Five stars out of ten. One thumb up, one thumb down. Uh, one eye blinking, one eye not blinking, whatever. So it's, yeah, if you have nothing better to do and you have a kid who can sit through a movie, go ahead, take him to Lego Movie too. There you go. I wish I could say I play video games every week, but, you know, when you have all this going on, nope. So I will just throw one out there for this week, another retro title, Sonic Adventure for the 
Well, let's see. The Sonic Adventure came out for the Dreamcast. So if you want your game to be classic and original and the original frame rate of like 30 frames per second, uh, Sonic Adventure of the Dreamcast is the way to go. If you want a faster frame rate, but I hear it has issues here and there for the purists, the GameCube version is the way to go. Uh, then there's the PC version, which I think has the same, it's pretty much a port of the GameCube version. And then you want to keep going, there's the Xbox 360, I don't know if it came out on the PS3, the Xbox 360 version is the one to play. There you go. It has the get, the best frame rate, uh, it's a solid game, it takes Sonic the Hedgehog in a weird, you know, the, there's the trial stages, which are basically the fun stages where you're just racing from start to finish, that, those are the best. And they're also very creative, uh, totally, you know, well-designed. And then you have the world you have to go through to get to those stages, which are just tedious. And <laughs> they were trying to copy Mario at the time or something, but it's like, ask this guy something, go collect this. And I'm like, oh, yay, this is not Sonic. So, but whatever, there's going to be some Sonic haters out there. Sonic Adventure was good. Sonic Adventure 2 had the same thing going for it. Just started adding more furry characters, and then, then you just went out of control after that. But Sonic Adventure for the 360, or the GameCube, or the Dreamcast, or the PC. Don't think they made it for phone or iOS. Anyway, Sonic Adventure, there you go. And then I guess for the toy this week, let's go with the Kid Robot series of Sonic the Hedgehog keychains and vinyl figures. They came out a couple years ago. They're little boxed, you know, mystery figures. You don't know what you're going to get. Kind of on the pricey side, I think. They were like 6 bucks for just the keychains and then maybe 8 to 10 probably 10 to 12 for the uh, vinyl guys who were like 3 inches. I never got any of the vinyl guys. I got a bunch of the keychains, though, because they are well-made, uh, multi-painted. I think I would dare say hand-painted, but they're really good. They're my size. They're like tiny, like 2 centimeters, like not even an inch figures that uh, you can do whatever with. And they had like the Genesis and the the cartridges that Sonic came with and the Tails, Sonic, all the bad guys, Dr. Robotnik or Dr. Eggman, whatever he's called now. And then the sign, which was totally Sega Sonic Retro. That's like my favorite Sonic stuff. Anyway, the kid robot vinyl, they're kind of hard to find now, but anywhere you can find like a bunch of those well, kid robot uh, vinyl <laughs> figures of all ilk and sizes and characters because they have a lot of licenses too. They're not quite Funko. They're a higher production quality. They like made the Mad Balls, I think. They made the keychains and the vinyl figures of those. But specialty shops tend to carry those, like the ones that are like kind of trying to be hip. They're like not quite Hello Kitty, but they carry Hello Kitty stuff. And then they have like the weird, you know, hipster. Uh, trendy toys and stuff they would carry them I th maybe if they're not like ew it's a license get rid of it so it's really kind of difficult to find you go into a weird specialty store your chances are good the last time i saw them uh in the wild i guess would be in hawaii and it was at a weird specialty shop that had like borderline you know uh bootleg toys and stuff and then they had a glass case that had all this uh these little box characters and then they had a whole case of the sonic dudes i'm like whoa Cool. So, anyway, <laughs> Kid Robot Sonic Keychains. Definitely recommend them if you're a Sonic fan. Top of the line. Best stuff out there. Because uh, Sonic stuff's kind of hard to come by, and Sonic isn't as popular as it used to be. I think that's another segment entirely. But, yeah, there you go. Sonic Keychains. All right. So let's talk about something. Uh, me, I guess, with this is that segment. So let's go with the whole GameWorks and Sega Sonic thing. So, yeah, I grew up with Sonic back in the 90s. I remember 
clearly having the option, did you want to get a Nintendo or a Sega Master System? Because my cousin at the time had a Sega Master System. And Sonic wasn't out yet, so but I went with the Nintendo because everybody had a Nintendo and that was the right choice. I got the Nintendo, but then the Genesis came around. Oh, well, I want that too because I want Moonwalker, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, and then Altered Beast, Golden Axe, arcade games were on the Genesis. So eventually, through time, I got a Genesis. So it was Nintendo, then Genesis. And then um, with Genesis, you got Sonic in 1990. My neighbor got Sonic 2. I remember playing his all the time. But uh, big fan of Sonic. So then that was you know the whole Nintendo-Sega wars that happened. And the Super Nintendo came out. And I, one of my fond memories, or not fond memories if you want to go there, is I got hit by a car <laughs> riding my bike home from biology, uh, from my dad's house on biology. Uh, okay, backing up. I was doing something for biology. I was collecting bugs, and I had a glass jar in my backpack. And I was coming back from my dad's because he had a huge yard to look for bugs. Riding my bike home to my house, and boom, I got hit by a car. She came out of left field, and I it was the kind of hit where the bike flies w- with her bumper, and your body stays on the co- top of the car and rolls over the hood and rolls over the back, and then you come down on the ground. And then, so it was, an, it was a lucky hit because... I flew basically over her car and landed on my ass. And I just remember, you know, it was like a quick 360, woo, and then ah, my butt. And then the cops came, everybody. My bike was totaled. And um, they, uh, you know, checked me out. Says, you fine? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I just got hit by a car. And then, <laughs> so then I went on my way. And I don't even think it broke the glass jar in the backpack. That's how lucky it was. So anyway, I went home. I got money for the uh the bike to fix the bike and then uh instead of using that for the bike i bought sonic cd sonic um spinball and sonic the hedgehog 3 for the sega genesis so that's how insane i was for sonic back in those days so um i played sonic cd uh, and Sonic 3, Sonic Spinball, and I think eventually I got Sonic 2, Sonic 1, all the Sonic games. I had Sonic 1. I think it came with my Genesis at the time. Anyway, lots of Sonic. Anyway, where am I going with this? Sonic, 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 Sega, Sega, Sega. Uh, then you get the Saturn, and you're not really getting any Sonic games. But see, the thing with Sonic was that he would show up in arcade stuff and anything Sega did. And that's where you kind of got this, like, oh, arcade, oh, Sonic. And then... Then Sega GameWorks happened, which was a joint venture between Steven Spielberg, Amblin Entertainment, Universal Studios, DreamWorks, and whoever all, and Sega, and they made a location-based entertainment. Uh, it's like a barcade before barcades were a thing. Um, it was like the Dave and Buster's before Dave and Buster's. It was GameWorks, and they had like they had the arcade games. Sonic stuff was everywhere. Daytona had Sonic in it. Anyway, so. Then they, they had like a vertical roller coaster thing where it was like a reverse edge, if you even know what that is. The edge was a, a ride at Great America in San Jose where you basically lift it up and then you drop a thousand feet or whatever. It's like that except you go up and then you go down and you're shooting at pirates or something, balloon stuff. Anyway, that was a GameWorks. So they had two GameWorks. They had one in Vegas and they had one in Ontario. Those are the two I remember because they're the only ones I could travel to. And, yeah, Sega, Sonic was plastered all over there. So that's why I was big on uh, Sega Sonic and, you know, Vacation, you think Sonic. I don't know. So you didn't get that with Mario. If you if you went to uh, Japan, uh, maybe you get, I don't know, you get more Mario with all the Nintendo and stuff. But, yeah, Mario didn't affect me the same way Sonic did because Sonic was experienced. Uh, Mario was at home, if that makes any sense. Because a lot of people are like, you know, 
it's all about the experience. So yeah, anytime you go out there and you see Sonic, you're like, oh yeah, Sega Sonic, yay! And then the Sega CD when that first came out, that was a big thing that reminded me of Christmas time, and it was like I even have an old video clip in one of my YouTube channels that had. Uh, you know, when the Sega CD was coming out and Night Trap and all that, Sewer Shark. And they were, like, experimenting with full-motion video games. But then at the very beginning of all the games, the Sega logo comes up and Sonic's there. Like, he, like, waggles his finger and then sparkles come out. <sighs> Should have known then. Anyway, so, yeah. Sonic was cool. And um, you fast-forward now, though. but And then all, he had, a, like, a slew of terrible games that came out. Let's be honest. Like, the, the 2006 Sonic the Hedgehog's, like... Pretty much the end as far as good Sonic games go. Because Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 were Dreamcast, and then it was kind of downhill from there when you had um, the Sonic 2006, which you know shows him the graphics are great, uh, except the, the gameplay is like almost unplayable. They had to mod it later in life in PC and stuff to make it actually playable and fun. And then there was that whole bestiality thing because Sonic gets with a human princess at the end, and you're like, Okay, and there's actually a kiss and everything. And you're like, okay, so, and then it kind of transports you to today's Sonic fans. And when I think Sonic fans, I just look at the the people who went to the Sonic Revolution fan meeting thing last year and the year before. Uh, yeah, I just you know, and people who really like the Sonic fan fiction, furries and all that stuff. And you're just like, okay, yeah, it's not cool to be a Sonic fan. It's kind of an underdog, underground thing now. I just yeah, I like Sonic, but. Uh, just I'll keep that to myself. But anyway, yeah. Sega Sonic and Gameworks, they kind of go hand in hand. But yeah, the cool Sonic was the 1990s Sonic. Uh, and in Japan, they like blew up with uh, Sonic World, Sega World, all these like arcades. And they plastered Sonic all over it there. And the Sega Joypolis, which is like their version of Gameworks. And ha so when I took my honeymoon, I went to Japan. And we made sure to go to some of these Gameworks because they... I, I have the only pictures online of Sega Joypolis uh, with all the Sonic stuff on it because nobody else, at least in English, cared to do that with a modern camera or whatnot. So we're actually credited as the honeymooners on the Sonic Retro website or whatever. But our pictures are of you know, the Sega World stuff that I was looking for. There was like a Sonic Land, Sonic World. Uh, this was in 2008. I mean, since then, they've torn them all down, become Club Segas and whatnot. But... Yeah, Sonic. Uh, Sonic was a huge part of my life, I guess. So that's you know, I like Sonic. Whatever, Chuck E. Cheese, Sonic, yay! So, all right, that's me. All right, in this segment, I'm gonna talk about social media. Like, it's like a generational gap thing now. Like when you grew up, you had MySpace. Okay, before that, you like you had a website. Then you had MySpace, which was an easier form of a website. Then everybody ditched MySpace at, at like the same time and then went to Facebook. And then your grandma and everybody stayed on Facebook. And if you're putting stuff on Facebook still, apparently you're old. But that's – I still put stuff on Facebook. I don't care. It's like easier place to see other people's stuff and they still put stuff on – when. and Facebook's so ingrained in everything. So at this point, you might as well just keep it until whatever. I mean – Eventually something will change and we won't use that anymore. But since Facebook's like logging with Facebook on like every app you own and whatnot, that's why it's still around and people put pictures up and stuff and I put links and whatnot. So Instagram, that's where if you want to go see what people's pictures are doing and stuff. Um, that one's good for that too. Then Snapchat, really didn't get into Snapchat because I, I don't want to instantly share everything or I just want to look at it first or something. I don't know. Snapchat turned me off because of that. Oh, that and the filters. The fake phony filters where everybody looks like they're putting, you know, 
masks on or dog ears or cat mouths or whatever, and then they have want to broadcast a video and eh, no, not, yeah, I think it was Snapchat's all video too. It's a, it, it's a quick snap and that's why it's called that. I don't know, not really a big fan of Snapchat. But then again, and then you move along. There's TikTok, which is like, I don't know, mouth lyrics to other things or i don't even know tiktok because i'm old and i'm not going to get into tiktok because i'm not into social media to that extreme i mean you got twitch and all that where you can watch people play streaming video games youtube where you can play your videos and stuff i kind of stop with youtube because i can just it's like my tv i go home put on youtube see what you know see what's interesting of the day or what the nerds are complaining about or whatever i would you know, it's just that's what YouTube. That's YouTube is like the the three channels of my generation. Uh, you know, CBS, NBC, ABC, whatever. And now it's just you know, check out YouTube, see what's going on. Anyway, but yeah, uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, we use social media is crazy, and if, and the newer generation uses newer feedback stuff like Reddit and whatnot. Um, I tried to get into 4chan, but I couldn't. It's like watching. It's like news groups and or not news groups, but. Um, it's not an easy place to navigate. So if you're looking for something to a topic or whatnot, it's kind of hard. It's just mostly people. It's like a comment section, a mass comment section. It's I wasn't thrilled. It's not a good interface. Anyway, so yeah, social media. All right. Well, I feel like I already covered this in the other segment, but I love Retro Sonic, the Sonic who looks like the 1990s original Sonic. I remember and this is. Probably why I had that during that accident time. I guess if going back to that segment, uh, I would go to my dad's and watch Sonic cartoon like at four o'clock, and then at four thirty go look for bugs. Almost every day when he was the Sonic cartoon was on at four o'clock, like Monday through Friday, hosted uh, not hosted, voiced by uh, Urkel. Urkel, uh, I don't know his real name, Jaleel White or something like that, but he did the voice of Urkel, and then uh, he did the voice of Sonic. Urkel was he also played Urkel. Jeez. Anyway, so yeah, Sonic was big back then. I remember going camping and I was like mad because you could almost get in the Saturday morning Sonic cartoon. We could never get Sonic in where I lived, uh, the Saturday morning cartoon of Sonic. So it didn't really affect me, but I really wanted to watch it because it was more, there was like, there was two Sonic cartoons during that, the, that time. There was the goofy one, which was the Monday through Friday. And then like the kind of more serious adventure one that was on Saturday mornings. And it was always preempted with football or baseball. So kind of why I'm not a big sports fan. Ha <laughs> And uh, um, Sonic uh, later came out with a really crappy, but I still watched it, a show called Sonic Underground where he had a brother and a sister and he played in a band. Yeah. And it was an adventure show. I would work out and lift weights at my grandparents watching that stupid show. So, yeah, I remember Sonic kind of always around. And then... It's not until he got his, like, overhaul where he had, you know, longer legs and the more extreme face and all that stuff. And in the Sonic Adventure days, where it was kind of like, eh, it's starting to taper off. And then Sonic, boom, don't don't even start. But the, the cartoon is actually good, good enough that I can put it on for my kid and there's, like, adult humor in it. So it, Sonic's been off and on, but the, the games have been terrible pretty consistently. Except for Sonic Mania, which was, like, a reboot of the, the whole Sonic fr- franchise. So, but yeah, there's like a million Sonic games. If He's been trying for years, so you can't hate him for that. And, you know, that's where Sega's, Sega's kind of like been the underdog forever. Yeah, they've always been trying. They're not quite Nintendo, which has always been a success, except for the virtual boy, let's be honest. I was on a news thing on Fox 40 a long time ago when they asked me, what do you think of the virtual boy? I'm like, this is crap. 
And, <laughs> and I was right. But no, the 64 was awesome. I'm not going to get Nintendo love here. I'm just saying Nintendo did good. Okay, they had the Wii, the Wii U, all that. And poor Sega, poor Sega. They, they, they did too much too soon with the adding on of the Sega CD, the Sega 32X, and then they just lost their fan base and they killed it with the Saturn. And then they tried to get it back with the Dreamcast and they would have done great, except Sony had already had a market hold by then with the Sony PlayStation 2 coming out and being the only DVD player in town. And then they killed the Dreamcast and then and the rest is history. Dreamcast just died and then that was the end of Sega as a developer as far as consoles go. Um... I mean, they made games, but they didn't make any more consoles. And once you're out of the game with the consoles, you're kind of forgotten because developers all disappear. I mean, look at EA. Jeez. Anyway, so um, yeah, well, they're still around. Okay. <clears throat> Getting into rambling mode. Sonic is awesome. Sonic Retro is the, my favorite Sonic. And, um, yeah, that's all there is to it. All right, and I had something written down here for the last part, my, you know, why questions thing, like your Google searches and Yahoo searches. Like, don't depend on those because these days corporations are really getting their hands and stuff, so you're not going to get both sides of stuff a lot now. You're going to get one side that's the one that pays the money, pays the most basically, and then they'll just dissolve the other one. Like if you go into a comment section wanting the other side of something, they'll just take out those comments and just leave all the positive ones. Like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. I agree with what you're saying. So... That was kind of my whole why section, but I was going to just add one more stamp to the, uh, I've already forgot what I was going to talk about, the Sonic thing. Um, basically, um, yeah, it was the YouTube videos that did this to me, the Sonic videos. This guy did a whole thing on the Sega World in Sydney, Australia, and then another guy did a whole Sonic thing in the UK. I guess Sonic was big in the UK. He had a roller coaster at a place called Alton Towers and stuff, so that was cool. And it just got me into all nostalgic and Sonic because I remember I was Jones and really bad to see a Sonic GameWorks or Sega World, yeah, the Picadero, Piccadilly Circle in London, whatever. They have like a giant area in London. They had a giant Sega World, which was like one of a kind with a giant escalator that like was neon and stuff. The closest thing we had to that was the Sony Metreon in San Francisco, which was trying to be like a futuristic for the time with arcade and whatnot. That was cool, but it was Sony, so they had no real corporate, uh, you know. It, it didn't affect you as far as the, the childlike wonderment that you get with Sonic that Sega always seemed to have. Sonic had that weird Sega edgy thing, and you grew up with it, so it's burned into you. Like 80s cartoons, you know, Transformers, G.I. Joe, Ninja Turtles. You grew up with that stuff. I think today's generation probably don't have that, or... They're going to grow up loving Paw Patrol, but I don't think Paw Patrol is going to get edgy. I'm sorry. It's not going to be like the wild dogs of Max and Marshall and Chase and Sky. We're going to take over the world one canine at a time. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. Here's the thing. The cartoons and stuff back then were speaking to you, trying to be like more adult. And so kind of was already like could transfer into the 14, 15-year-olds and whatnot. And uh, you could take it with you. Although G.I. Joe, the American hero, is kind of like a patriotic woo-ha-ha thing. And then Transformers was like good versus evil and all that stuff. And then Thundercats. Yeah, I just didn't watch Thundercats. He-Man. He-Man was like your show back then. That was the one that started it all basically with the adventure. And then at the end we give you a little moral thing like, hey, it's wrong to hate people who have got like black tunics or something. And um, so, yeah, He-Man started it all. The whole thing. But see, my generation grew up with all that stuff. The next generation did not. And then there's the 
the internet generation where they just grew up looking through all of it. So if you find something and you go down that rabbit hole, get interested into it, that's great. But you didn't have it come on like a clockwork, 3 o'clock every Monday through Friday. Here's this weird sense of community you get from watching something when it's being broadcast. It still happens once in a while. But, you know, like the Oscars could have been, but, you know, the Oscars are what the Oscars are now. But, like, if it's something everyone knows that everyone's watching, you could talk about it the next day, the water cooler talk kind of thing. And, uh, you know, the award shows are pretty much one of the last things that are like that now, but this, this, it's not the same. But, um, yeah, cartoons and stuff, everybody was watching, uh, like, Disney Afternoon. You remember, if you were my generation, you remember that. You had a three to five o'clock block, Monday through Friday. This was before internet, guys, so this is what we did. We would, you know, you get your fill from TV once in a while. And you get DuckTales, Rescue Rangers, uh, Tailspin, Darkwing Duck. And that that roster changed so much. There was Gummy Bears at first at 3 o'clock, and then I went to, uh, I don't know, a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, those were the mainstays, I just remember. And um, that's why they stick with us, and that's why they're still making product for that, because we love nostalgia. Everyone... You know, those are all the positive lights in our nostalgic moment. You don't think of any of the bad stuff. You just think about all the cool stuff. And they marketed to kids like crazy back then. So we're all screwed up because of that. I mean, McDonald's, Happy Meal toys, going eating crappy fast food for the toys. And they would license toys over there. You know, Sonic the Hedgehog had a Happy Meal toy. Mario and Super Mario had, or whatever. Super Mario Brothers Nintendo had a Happy Meal toy. Anyway, this stuff was all marketed to us. And that's why it's kind of like, eh, it messed us up. But whatever. You're, and it's a whole form of commercialism, and I understand that. I get that. But do what makes you happy. If that stuff made you happy, yeah, go for it, whatever. Just don't go nuts. I might have already gone nuts. But, it's, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, our generation was affected that way, so, you know, be nice. Anyway, that's my rant for that. It was about, uh, yeah, commercialism in our generation, the generation X, Ys, or whatever. If you want to label people, millennials, and then... The Generation Z or Alpha Z or Centauri's or... I don't know. My daughter's going to grow up to be Sarah Connor against the robot resistance anyway, so it doesn't matter. I dare say my daughter keeps me in check when she's around to, you know, I break off of my rants. Because if I ever listen to these, uh, you know, go back and listen to these, I'm like, you're a crazy person. So, but, nah, I promised myself I'd do one every week and kind of get to know me as far as what I was thinking and how I thought and whatnot. And not a lot of people are going to have that stuff. And actually, you know, a lot of people of, of the newer generations are going to have that stuff to go back on. But the older generations, not so much. So there's a lot of people who still feel like the Internet is evil and you don't want to get all your, your information out there in 1984 and all that good stuff. But at the same time, you know, the people who are going to be looking up for you, the, if you get into government and politics, maybe. But for the most part, nobody cares about you. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's a horrible thing to say. No, I would say that there's not a group of people in a building trying you – know, enemy of the state. That's, that's exactly it. There's, it's, there's not enemy of the state where they're all trying to get you. You're not Will Smith. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, sometimes I just generalize and come out with awful comments and it's, it's not what I mean. It's not what I mean. So anyway, finishing up for this episode. Uh, hope you stick with me for next one. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.